Thank you, Sheldon. <laughs> I'm sorry, next week, okay? <laughs> hey, I, I want to invite all of you to come and join me. I will be there at the beach day, um, getting ready with my flip-flops and my shorts. Um, so, yeah, uh, just, just come with your family, too, if, uh, if they are still here. Again, I want to extend my warm welcome to all of you. If you are new to Seattle, again, I want to wish you welcome to Seattle, guys. Uh, and make this your church and make this your home. Uh, I hope that over the next two years, four years or more, you can continue to grow in your uh, spiritual journey here with us. Amen. Uh, I also want to extend my welcome to a very special guest, uh, Pastor Andy and his wife, uh, uh, me, uh, Yumin. Yumin. Yes, uh, they are... They are Seattleites, they are local Seattleites that are being sent by God to Indonesia. And I'm an Indonesian being sent to, to Seattle, so we are the opposite. So hey, Seattle, would you just give them a warm welcome too? Amen. Yeah. And today, we are going to be honored to uh, have a very special, actually he's not a guest speaker, uh, because... He used to serve here in this church as a student too, together with me. Isn't that amazing? We used to be in the, in the, in the care groups. We served in this church when we were still in school. Uh, and today, he is the associate pastor for IFGF Surabaya, uh, together with his wife and his two daughters, uh, Faith and Jade. IFGF Seattle, would you please give him a warm welcome, Pastor Bobby and Mary. God's word in the midst of you. Again, thank you for all the volunteers, present worship team. Give a round of applause for all the volunteers today. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. I think we bring not only good news, but also the good weather, right? <laughs> the warm weather from Indonesia is here. Uh, I heard this is going to be the warmest week of October for Seattle in nearly 30 years. You're going to reach 80s, somewhere in the 80s, right? So enjoy the beach day. Uh, we'll try to be there. Okay. You're invited, right? Okay. <laughs> good, 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 good. So um, my wife, Mary, and I live in Seattle for several years. If you have the slides, you can put it up right there. And we have two daughters with us, with Faith and Jade. Faith is 18 and Jade is 16 here with us. This feels like home. I feel really right at home, and I believe this October you are starting a new season, uh, not only a new season, a new series that is called As For Me and My House. So allow me to be speaking to you as if I'm in my own house, talking to my own children, just like my eldest here is coming to school, this new fall quarter, I believe some of you are here as a new student, you are living away from your parents for the first time in your life. I know sometimes it's scary. Been there myself for, I think, nearly 30 years ago. Oh, man, time flies. Now I'm, I'm getting, I, I'm feeling old when I'm talking to you guys here. Uh, we, I was in your shoes when 95, was it 95? Yeah, 95 I was here. So you, you can tell my age from, from there, right? Um, and having to, probably you have to work as you go to school here, which is probably not something that you're looking forward to and you might have to make decisions on your own once they were made by your parents or your guardians. And that can be a scary season. I know it's a, it's a new season, and I believe the message that I'm going to share to you will be a good framework 
for you to start this new season of your life boldly. That's my prayer for you. And for those of you who have been here for, for a while, also the message is going to be applicable to you because I believe that will be a reminder and an affirmation of God's plan for your life. So let's pray before we start. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for inviting us to come and sit at your table. Indeed, your grace is enough and your mercies are new every morning and we receive those plentiful and we are thankful for that. As we are about to hear your word, I pray that every heart is like a fertile ground ready to receive your word. So your word will be planted, rooted that it may grow, it may bear much fruit, 160, 30 folds in Jesus' mighty name and God's people say, Amen, Amen. So there's a purpose for everything. There's a purpose for everything that we see around us. The chairs that we are sitting on, the pulpit that I have right here, the laptop that I'm using right now, there are purpose for everything. You are here for a purpose. You're not here as a coincidence. You get to study here. You get to work here. You get to live in a certain school, certain city, certain workplace, or even your own business for a purpose. Somebody say amen. There's a purpose for everything that you do. And when we don't know the purpose of a certain product, we tend to abuse it. Abuse is short for abnormal use. All right? So how many of you have tried, show the next picture. How many of you have tried to dunk your cheeseburger into this uh, small ketchup cups? How many of you? Uh, I've tried to dunk it, right? But the design of this ketchup cup is to be flattened out, actually. So tugging out the upper rim of the cup, then you can open it. So you have a, not only you can dunk your cheeseburger in that ketchup cup, but you also have more capacity, twice or triple the size. So that's what the design is all about. How many of you just knew about this? All right, so that's good. At least you get something from church, right? You can bring home that I can use the ketchup cup properly now. All right. Um, the same thing with our lives. If we don't know the purpose of our lives, we tend to abuse them. We tend to abnormally use our lives. There's an old story. I think some of us are familiar with this story. An eagle egg was found in the back yard with uh, chicken eggs. Have, how many of you heard this? Oh, that's Pastor Ivan. So you and I are about the same age, yeah? The rest of you are still new. All right. So this eagle eggs, somehow it, it, it hatches, right? And then come together with all the chicks and they grow together. All the life of this eagle, he did what other chickens do. He would clock around the backyard, you know, hawk around the dirt looking for worms and insects to eat and would fly just a few feet away into the air, just like chickens do. And one day as time passed by, this eagle grew older and then he saw something above him. This thing glided gracefully and majestically through the cloud. What's that? He was asking his friends. What is that up in the sky? And then one of the chickens answered, oh, that? That's eagle. He's the king of all birds, the master of the skies. But we don't 
belong where they are. We belong to the ground because we are just chickens. Don't worry about him. We'll never be like that. And that eagle lived and died as chicken because that is what he thought he was. Moral of the story is before we could understand our purpose, we need to understand our identity, who we are. So today I'm going to talk about identity. Can somebody say identity? Our identity is the lens that we use to evaluate ourselves. This requires a mirror. It could be a physical one, but it could be a mental one as well. Do you know that children goes through, some of you are, are not married yet. Well, I think most of you are not married yet. I think that's the right place, right? Uh, you're still a college student. Uh, but some of you have kids, and you can try this to your kids. Children goes through a few stages of self-awareness. I've watched a series uh, in Apple TV, I believe. title was Becoming You. Becoming You is talking about how uh, children develop from babies and then they grow into uh, um, uh, small children, toddlers, and then they go to few stages in their lives into maturity. A baby up to nine months, they could not recognize themselves when they are looking their reflection in the mirror. You can try this with your babies, okay? Uh, up to nine months. But after nine months, he will understand that that person in the mirror is himself, okay? And then the, the next stage, a child would be able to identify that that person in the mirror is going to be himself forever. And then later on in the final stage of a child's development, they will not only able to identify that that person in the mirror is himself forever, but also everyone else can see it. Now that's the development of a, a child. Just like stages of self-awareness physically, we also need to look ourselves spiritually through the mirror of God's Word. And today we'll look into the mirror of God's Word written by the Apostle Peter. He was almost, he, he almost lost his purpose when he denied Jesus three times. And then the next 30 years of his life, I believe it's not an easy life because, you know, he felt condemned, he felt bad, he felt like, oh, I have denied Christ. Why, 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 why did I do that? Because I could have done better. But for the next 30 years, he could fulfill the purpose that God has in his life because he stick to his identity. And then 30 years later, he wrote a letter to the Jews and Gentile believers who were scattered and experiencing persecution in minor Asia so that they don't lose their identity. This letter is believed to be written by him one or two years before his death. It's written in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Let's read it. You ready? Let's read the word of God together. 3, 2, 1. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The first part is, but you are. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about all of you. He's not talking about a particular people, but he's talking about every one of us. He's calling you. He is talking about you, even 
before you come to this city, even before you work where you are, even before you're born in the family where you are. So many times we are like this development of the children that still couldn't recognize ourselves in the mirror when we read the Word of God. God is talking about you, and we see, no, that's not me. That's Pastor Ewan. That's Sheldon. That's not me. It's somebody else. Even when the Bible says that you are more than conquerors, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, we might think, no, that's not me. That is meant for somebody else. But the Bible is clearly, you are. It is you. You are precious, that you are honorable, that you are not broken, that you are whole, that you are not perfect, but you are beautiful. You are loved. You are not accident. You are designed by the Almighty, that you are accepted. You are family. You are welcome. You are meant for great things. We should stop to become a baby and start growing up, all right? So we we must be able to see ourselves in the mirror of God's Word that He is actually talking about you you, you, all of us here. For the next few points, I'm borrowing Pastor Edmund Chan's idea, actually, when he wrote in a forward section of a book called A Journey to Manhood, which correlates very well with what Peter just said about identity. So Pastor Chan observes that there are few cards in one's journey to maturity. Are you ready? There are five cards. I'm going to talk to you briefly on these five cards. The first card is called Report Card. We all have this report card. Some of you have been having it a while back, all right? Uh, that's okay. But I believe uh, all of us, even similarly at work, we would get report card. It's called appraisal. You're being appraised on your performance to evaluate how you are doing at work and so on. Report card is also a reflection of what other people say about us, right? What your boss is saying about you, what your colleague is saying about you, what your friends are saying about you, what your teacher in this case is talking about you. Stephen R. Covey says this word. We hear a lot about identity theft. When someone takes your wallet and pretends to be you and uses your credit cards. But the more serious identity theft is to get swallowed up in other people's definition of you. But there's far more serious Identity theft. It's written in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. A thief does not make an appointment when they come to your house, right? They don't. A thief does not make, does not ask for your permission when he or She wants to kill or destroy your life. In line with what Apostle Peter was saying, later on in in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5, 8, we must be sober-minded. We must be alert. Be careful. Our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. That's what the devil is described here. So he's trying to take your identity. He's trying to steal your identity is trying to put lies into your life. Judas Iscariot, the disciple, somehow let his guard down and had an identity crisis after he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. A dollar amount is about 100 to 400 bucks today. That's very cheap. But how many of you know that grace can reach 
however far you have gone. However far you have gone, come back home. Just like what Pastor Iwan said last week. However far you have gone, come back to the house of God. Because His grace is always available for every one of us. Many times, if the devil cannot kill or destroy you, then he will try to steal from you by whispering bad reports. That's the report card is about. Whispering report, bad reports about, about you, such as because you make mistakes, because you sin, then God doesn't favor you anymore. That's a bad report. That's a wrong report. Because you are disobeying God's word, then God repels you. That's a wrong report. Because you don't give tithe, that's why you get into accident. That's a wrong report. Because of your background, your future is bleak. There'll be no one to love you anymore. There'll be no jobs awaiting for you. That's a wrong report. Because you are bad, God is mad. That's wrong. However bad you are, God is not happy with our sin, yes. But He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And He wants you to always come back home. Remember the devil is a liar and he's the father of lies. So he'll always try to convey lies into your life by giving this bad, wrong reports into you. Choose to believe in the good report from the Word of God. That's why you need to look in the mirror, in the Word of God all the time. God is a good, good father, and he wants the best for every one of his children. Every one of you are included. So Peter said that you are a chosen generation. This is your report card. You are a chosen generation. So in Christ, your report card should change from bad to righteous. You are no longer bad. You are made righteous. We are righteous not because of our own deeds. Because our righteous deeds are like dirty garments in the eyes of God, right? We become righteous because we are clothed with Jesus' righteousness. It is not because of our own doing. It is because what Jesus has done for us on the cross. So the first card is report card. The second card is identity card. How many of you have, uh, don't have, how many of you don't have Washington ID yet? Okay, some of you don't have it. Okay, you better make Washington ID because it's going to help you to, you don't need to carry all your passports anymore, okay? Just use your Washington ID. So identity card, is very important. It's usually related to power and authority. Your ID card is relating to power and authority. If someone who's not big, petite, okay, uh, is stopping you by flashing his badge, police badge, what would you do? Stop her. What would you do? You would run or you would stop? You would probably stop, right? Not because she's petite, not because she's small, but because of the badge that she was flashing at you because of what stands behind her, which is the whole police department. It's not because of her posture. That's how powerful an identity card is. Identity card is not, not only defines your privileges, but also your responsibilities. You are a royal priesthood. That's what Peter said. You are a royal priesthood. In Christ, your identity card should change. From citizen of hell, you are now citizen of heaven. That's your identity now. You are no longer a citizen of hell. You are a citizen 
of heaven. What, what is a priest? Let, let, let's talk a little bit about, about royal priesthood. It's, this is a, a, a term that we don't use often, right? But talking about the duty of a priest, what is the main duty of a priest? The main duty of a priest is to connect the people of God to God. That's his main duty. And it is our duty as well to connect the world, the people around us, wherever God sent you, in your school, at your work, in your family, God is asking you to be that bridge, that connection from the world to Him. Question is, what kind of bridge are you? Do people dare to pass through your life or the bridge here? A few things that I would consider before I pass through a bridge. Number one, at least I would ask myself, is the bridge safe? Right? I know some of you like, like adventures. So you probably choose this particular bridge. Oh, I like this bridge better, Pastor. Okay, that's your call. But I wouldn't pass this bridge. It doesn't look safe to me. Safety is talking about boundaries in our lives. Question is, Christians, believers, disciples of Christ in this place, are you safe enough for people to go through to Christ. So many times we don't have boundaries in our lives and it makes people scared to go through the bridge which is your life. Boundaries create clarity and safety. So we need to build that boundaries in our lives since very young age. Where you are right now, start having boundaries. Start having clear boundaries in your life. The second question that I would ask myself before I pass through a bridge is usually, is it bright? If the bridge is dark, then I wouldn't want to pass through that bridge. There might be a robber waiting for me or a, a snake. I don't like snake, by the way. So it could be a snake somewhere in the middle of the bridge. This is talking about the gray areas in our lives that needs the light of the Word of God to shine. So there's clarity. So it's clear, it's bright. So that people can pass through that bridge and get connected to God. The third question usually before I pass a bridge is I would ask myself, is the bridge strong enough? This doesn't look like a strong bridge, does it? Right? Talking about spiritual health, emotional health, financial health. Are we checking those components of our lives consistently. How many of you know the West Yellow Bridge has been closed for two and a half years? When I, when I came, the next day was open, so thank God, because uh, we live in West Seattle for, for a, few, a few weeks, and if it's closed, then we have to make a round, a very long way to go to Seattle and even North Seattle here. And that bridge was closed because they found a small fracture in the foundation. How could they found such small Fracture, small cracks, because they inspect it consistently. Your life and my life needs to be checked consistently against the Word of God. Are we strong enough? Then if we are strong enough, we become the bridge that many will be able to pass through and get connected with God. Okay, the first card was a report card. Second card, identity card. The third one, usually what do you get? After, oh, it's up right up there. All right. The third one is called name card, right? Because of the identity card, some of you are already uh, working in the, in the industry. Then you get a name card. 
Name card can face our achievements, what we have achieved this far. If the devil cannot kill or destroy you, then he will try to coerce and deceive us into believing that achievements are all what matters most. What kind of cars we drive, what kind of house we have, what kind of lifestyle we can enjoy, the vacations that we are taking. Nothing wrong with all of those. Those are all good. How happy can I be? Those, th- that's okay. It's okay to be happy. I'm not saying that you should not dream big. You should not uh, shoot for a happy life. No. But if that's your only goal in life, then you are missing the purpose why you are here. That should not be your primary goal in life. If that's your primary goal, then you have a wrong name card. More than happiness, God wants you to become holy. Because in holiness, you will find true happiness, true contentment. That's why Peter Peter said it clearly. You are a holy nation. That's your name card. You are a holy people. You, yes you. You are a holy people. Your name card in Christ should change from slave of sin into son and daughter of God. That's your name card in Christ. You might say, but pastor, we still live in this world. How can we be 100% holy? There's no way. I, I will sin, of course. Even as pastors, we sin. Even Peter, Paul, James, John, you name it. While they were still on this earth, they sinned. It's true that we cannot be 100% holy yet. But I want to tell you, there are three stages of sanctification. Sanctification is a word that God is making us holy. The first stage of sanctification, it's called positional sanctification. This is when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, then we are sanctified. We are made holy right there and then, so you become the sons and daughters of God. That's the first sanctification, positional sanctification. Secondly, it's called progressive sanctification. This is where you and I are right now. You and I are in the progressive sanctification. It means we still sin because we are human. However, we don't live in the same old pattern of sin. If you are living in the same old pattern of sin, then you have not truly repent. True repentance is you are making a 180 degree from your old lives. That's where we need to change. Progressive sanctification. We are made holy continuously, consistently as we come and approach the throne of God. Isn't the word of God is saying that if we confess our sin, He is faithful, right? And just. And He will forgive us, forgive our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. This is progressive sanctification. And the third sanctification is called perfected sanctification. That's when we get to heaven. Then we will be perfected, sanctified. We'll be holy 100%. But while we are on earth, you and I are still work in progress. So it's okay to sin against the Lord. 
but don't live in the sinful nature. Don't repeat the same sin over and over and over again. Then you are actually taking God's grace for granted. All right? So you are a holy nation. Go after holiness. Go after Christ. Somebody um, by the name of Thomas Merton, he says, People may spend their whole lives climbing the ladder of success only to find once they reach the top that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. What a sad life. If you try to climb the ladder of success in the corporate world, in the education world, whatever industry you are in, and you get to the top one day, and you realize, this is not what I'm looking for. That is a very, very sad life. Don't be like those people. Involve Christ in climbing your ladder. I put a, a simple equation. It's not there. Everything minus Christ equals to nothing. But Christ plus nothing equals everything. Christ is enough for you and me. Involve Him in every part of your life. The first card is a report card. The second card is identity card. Third card is name card. Don't show it yet. What do you think the fourth card would be? Anybody? Credit card. I think these are experts, right, in using credit cards. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. In the right hand, in right hands, credit cards can create margins, right? Yes, it's true. It's okay. And it gives us many good perks, actually. That's what credit cards is for. It could be a very powerful tool. But in the wrong hands, credit cards will create mess and give us many headaches in the years to come. In this credit card, we're talking about my values and your values, our values. If we assign a small value to a certain product, let's say to a bag that has no value, then what do we do with that bag? We treat it carelessly, right? We just throw it on the ground. Uh, probably we stomp at it. We don't really care about that particular bag. But if we put a high value in a certain bag, then probably before we sit down the bag on the table or on the chair, we will wipe the chair clean first, right? And then we sit down. We put down the, the bag. Carefully. Because we put such a high value. The devil wants to discount our value. By putting so much debt into your life, into my life. So making our values goes very small. Even not only zero, it's negative. So we would treat our lives carelessly. That's what he wants. He wants you and I to treat our lives carelessly. Because I'm of no value. God doesn't love me. I'm full of mistakes. I'm full of debts. Remember, the devil is a liar. Don't believe in his report. Don't believe in whatever he's saying. The question is, what determines our value? There are at least two things that drive a value up. Well, a lot of things, but I'll, I'll just tell you the, the first two that I, I, can, I can come up with. The first one, value depends on who owns the good. Okay? In 2016 or 17, I, I don't really remember, a dress was auctioned at $4.8 million. This is probably the most exp 
expensive dress to date. Why? Because it belongs to, I don't know, uh, some of you might not be born at that time. But, uh, it belongs to Marilyn Monroe. She was singing, happy birthday. I cannot, I'll not try to, to sing that, that, that song for, 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 for you guys here. Marilyn Monroe sang that happy birthday song to President JFK 60 years ago. And this day, this dress is 4.8 million because it's, it was owned by Marilyn Monroe to perform in front of President JFK. So this dress has very high value. Do not undervalue yourself, folks. Do not undervalue yourself for we are His workmanship. Ephesians 2.10. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. It's in the next slide. Which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You and I are created by the Lord Himself. You and I belong to Him. We are owned by God who has this universe. Our value is not small, even more expensive that, than that particular dress of Marilyn Monroe. You are valuable. You are created for a purpose to do good works. Secondly, value depends on, the first one, value depends on who owns it, right? The second one, value depends on who is willing to buy the good. It could be a house. It could be a car. It could be a piece of uh, uh, NFT. I don't know, some of you are playing NFT here. It could be a, a bowl. Now, this particular bowl, diameter is only three, three inch, used for chicken soups 500 years back. <laughs> Someone was willing to buy it for 36 million with credit cards. Do not undervalue yourself because Christ has redeemed you. Galatians 3.13 he has purchased you from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. You are purchased by the expensive blood of Christ. Priceless. You and I are priceless. So Peter said in 1 Peter 2.9, You are His own special people. And the original Greek word, special here, is peripoiomia. It means you are purchased, you are bought, you are purchased. So in Christ, your credit card should change from full of debts to free indeed. Because Christ has paid for all of us in full with His precious life. This makes all of us precious, priceless. So do not let the devil discount your value and my value. All right, last but not least, it's calling card. Now, many of you are too young to understand what calling card is, right? Who knows what calling card is? I want to see some hands. All right, some of you are still uh, here when calling card was around, right? Uh, calling card, okay, let me tell you this. This was back in the days before internet when we want to call our families or our loved ones, our friends overseas, internationally, then we use calling cards because it's much cheaper and those telephone lines, some of them don't have an international connection. So we must have this uh, calling card. But this last part of the first 
where Peter said, you are called out of darkness into His marvelous light that you may proclaim His praises. That's the calling card. That's the purpose why you are here. That's the purpose why you go to that particular school, to that particular job, in that particular family that you are born in for a purpose of this. To declare, to proclaim the praises of God. So in Christ, your calling card should shift, should change. Your focus should change from yourself toward others. That's your calling, folks. That's your calling. The Word of God in James, it's not, I, I don't put it up here, but I'm going to read it to you. In James 1, 23, 24, says that we need to be a doer of God's Word. Not just a hearer. Hearing the Word of God is good, but it's not enough. You got to be a doer. You got to do the Word of God. That's why James, the brother of Jesus, is saying this. Those who hear and don't act, by the way, this is from the message, are like those who glance in the mirror. Just like what we just discussed earlier, that kids, when they see themselves in the mirror, they sometimes cannot recognize themselves. James is saying, those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are, what they look like. We need to grow up. Even Jesus in Matthew 7, 24, he said that, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. By becoming a doer, not only when you read the word of God, you just, oh, this is a good verse for me. You need to do it. You need to practice the word of God in your life. That's how you build your life on a solid foundation, which is the rock of Christ himself. I pray that you become a doer of God's word. Using this framework to find your identity in Christ into your journey into maturity. Let's look at this card one more time. You are not bad. You are a chosen generation. In Christ, you become righteous. You are not citizen of hell. You are royal priesthood. In Christ, you become citizen of heaven. You are no longer slave to sin. You are a holy nation. In Christ, you become sons and daughters of God. You are not full of debts. You are His own special people. You are purchased by the blood of the Lamb. You are free indeed in Christ. And you are called out not to focus for yourself. Stop focusing on yourself. God will take care of you. You don't need to take care of yourself too much. Just trust in the Lord and you begin to shift your focus to God. Shift your focus to a lot of people who need the Lord out there. And believe me, then your life is going to be set at the right course. That you are called to glorify God in all that you do. Let us bow our head and pray. Father, we thank you that you are a good God. Even before we are born, you called us into being. I pray that everyone listening to this message will become the doer of your word. Not just it's a good word, but I want to do it. I want to live that word. That our identity will become secure in you. 
that we can fulfill the plans that you have for our lives, to glorify you all the days of our lives. I pray for boldness that each one of us will be able to declare your praises, that you have called us out of darkness into your light for a specific reason. I speak over your church in this place that you are a chosen generation, that you are a royal priesthood, that you are a holy nation, that you are His own special people. You are called out of darkness into His marvelous light, that you may proclaim the goodness of God in your life. And people will be able to get connected with God through your life. Bless each one in this place, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. God's people say Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, church.